Welcome to The Grind, a podcast about the church planting process and missional strategies to make disciples of all nations. Coming to you from the offices of the Arkansas Baptist State Convention in Little Rock, Arkansas. Now, here are your hosts, Dave McClung and Chad Grigsby. Welcome back, everybody, to this episode of The Grind. I'm Dave McClung, your lovely host, and my lovely co-host, Chadlett Grigsby, is with me as well. And my co-host, my double chin. <laughs> See, if you if you grow chin hair, it helps hide that a little bit. Well, I can't do that either, Dave. So. Unless I do this. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever seen the movie Men in Black? <laughs> yes. You know the Roach dude when he puts on the yeah, skin yeah. doesn't fit right. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, yeah. That's what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that popped mm. into my head. No, that's awesome. That's yeah. a really good visual there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so anyway sorry dave i just uh, that's just kind of the day i'm having you know? yeah just, dude it's just a double chin kind of day it is it's monday and uh got a whole bunch of sinus drainage going on and yeah. <clears throat> kind of affecting the voice a little bit and so uh uh double chins sinus drainage <laughs> and monday morning make for a brutal combination it's gonna be a great podcast great podcast so <laughs> anyway, well, this is, uh, we thought we'd do another episode with just Chad and I, uh, where we kind of talk about a couple of things and, and the topic for, for this go around, uh, we shot out a question to several of our church planners and said, if you had a chance to start over and do things, uh, all over again, what would you change? What would you do differently? And, uh, got quite a few responses on that great responses uh some very well thought out some said i would not do it again if i had it to, to do over there are several church planners that would probably agree with that mm -hmm. and uh, make that statement uh but uh, not really helpful for discussion purposes mm -mm. but uh but anyway i uh, thought we'd talk through a couple of those responses and and let you guys hear from some guys that are further down the road in church planting, maybe than some of you, and uh, hear their perspective on things that they would do over, uh, things that they're trying to fix that they didn't do in the beginning. And so we'd kind of talk through kind of the top three or four things. And, and so I guess, you know, probably the number one uh, on the list that, that just about everybody said is that they would slow down. Yep. Um, you know, everybody gets real excited uh when they're getting ready to start a church and everything's you know fast and furious and and uh we got to get this done we got to get to this launch date we got to get all this stuff together and everybody everything's just rush 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 and, and and if you're not careful in the midst of all that uh you lose sight of of why you're doing this to begin with yeah and can kind of get overrun with all the details and all the prep and all the planning and and move toward a worship gathering and forget the disciple making and and uh and it just uh just a lot of pressure early on mm. and so taking some time to slow down uh and pray and seek god's face and know that uh <laughs> that he's in charge of this thing not us and uh, that you know it's not going to rise and fall on our ability 
to do this. If, mm. if we're depending on our ability and all of this, that's not over spiritualizing this. I, you know, there are things that we have to do in the process, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but if the church is going to make it and if it's going to grow, God's got to do it. Uh, mm. you know, as we've seen several examples of guys that should not have failed that did. Uh, and there are some that probably should not have succeeded, uh, but did, you know, because God did something. So, yeah. Yeah, man, you know, every church planter wants to plant yesterday. Like that's yeah. their timeline. When do you want to start a church? Yesterday, you know, yeah. because, you know, usually when they make the decision to actually launch out and do something, it's it's been months if not years of kind of brewing in them yeah. and so they've felt the lord leading them maybe they've run from the call of that or they just they've been convinced of it but they've not stepped out to do it and so when they finally step out it's like it's just like all these months and years of waiting <laughs> they're yeah. just like gotta do it right now you know yeah uh so that's i mean i don't know that i met one guy who's like i just think we need to really take it slow be intentional yeah. You're yeah. all like, we got to do this yesterday. So yeah. that's, that's good to know that it's kind of every guy. Yeah. But I mean, we're looking, I'm looking at a sheet of paper with 10 responses from planters. I think we got 10, 10 to 15 yeah. total. And every one of these guys is saying, slow down. Now yeah. there's some of them are saying it in different ways. Like yeah. some are saying literally slow down. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's yeah. literally slow way down is what one guy said. Yeah. Uh, another guy's is talking about starting more time with his small group, more time with intentionality and in core team development, more discipleship stuff. So all of what they're saying is, is you got to know what your one runway is. You got to, you got to make sure that you have a long enough runway to where you can take off well and, and don't try to shorten your runway where you crash and burn. So yeah. those are kind of the, the tensions, but yeah, I would say that's, that's everybody. If you, if you think you need to be starting yesterday, it doesn't mean you can't start something, but don't, don't start everything yesterday. Right. Right. Well, and, and that's the, that's one of the challenges is you're starting something new from scratch. <clears throat> There's no pre-existing church and yeah. you, you've got to start with what you have, mm -hmm. what resources, people, time, money, everything. And you can't start everything day one. Uh, exactly you just can't it's not sustainable it's not sustainable and you'll mm -hmm. kill yourself you'll kill your team mm -hmm. and uh and so so you got to start with what you have and do what mm -hmm. you can do and do it well yeah uh, and let it build and it's okay uh, you know one of the things that you know it's always fascinating in talking with church planners particularly when they get in a building you know before they move in they want to have everything painted everything trimmed out everything decked out and and there's there's something about showing progress and movement in that yeah. that I think is encouraging to people that this is not a finished product. Don't don't paint all the walls, you know, to begin yeah. with. You know, let's 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 leave some cracks and crevices undone and uh, and show some progress. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I got distracted because. Dude, we, we, we didn't have that mentality at all. Oh, right. <laughs> we, our, I'm pretty sure our children's area was hazardous. <laughs> yeah. We got these free, like, divider walls. 
for our children's area that if they would have fallen over on a child, it would have been the end. I mean, it was, I don't mean to be morbid. (laughs) Oh, Lord. So anyway, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just got tickled thinking about it. Well, we we probably should have been a little more. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, It's a good point. It's a good point. Don't, don't, you know, not just in your building, but in all respects. Yeah. You got to have it completely perfect day one exactly you know none of your systems are going to be perfect none of your worship stuff's going to be perfect Technology's not going to be perfect you know your community engagement's not going to be perfect and that's okay you know learn from it build from it highlight you know here's where we were look at where we are now show progress show movement and it just takes time so it's always great to just take a deep breath and, and relax a little bit. You know, one of the guys said, uh, you know, have, have fun when you do this. Uh, have more fun along the way. And look, you're, you're getting to start a new church that is going to mm-hmm. impact people, you know, with the gospel uh, for hopefully, you know, generations to come. And, uh, you know, when they start having those big church anniversaries, you know, it'll go back to that that point where a small group of people said, we need a church here for these people, and, uh, you know, God's calling us to do it. So, you know, enjoy that, enjoy that process. And so, slow down. Slow down. What would you say from a practical standpoint, or maybe the top two priorities that you would tell guys to focus on? kind of in those early to slow down what would that look like to slow down yeah uh spend a lot of time in prayer uh i tell you you know i look back on our days with city church and little rock and uh we didn't pray near enough um not that we didn't pray i mean we did uh but we did a lot more strategy planning than prayer time together yeah yeah. Um, we would have done, a lot, I wish we'd have done a lot more evangelism uh, mm. early on. We did some community ministry projects, but we didn't always tie that to evangelism and mm-hmm. take advantage of some opportunities that we had, uh, that those ministry projects created. Um, and, and I think that's one of the big, big faults in, in a lot of our church planners is we do a lot of community engagement, but don't ever really tie it to the gospel. And, yeah. uh, and that's a huge misstep, uh, particularly early on, because uh, yeah. you're building DNA and culture with your people. And if they don't see connections between your community ministry and evangelism, it'll, it'll not get there. Yeah. Uh, so those are two things I would say, you know, early on that are keys. Um, yeah, I, I was going to say, too, one, one kind of practical step for how to get there in knowing kind of when to, quote, unquote, start. I mean, I think you start whenever, you know, God lays it on your heart um, yeah. to, to start planting a church. You, you've started, even if it's you and your family or you and one other family. But I think what we're talking about is starting all the big programs and weekly worship yeah. services. Here's what I would say. Make sure you make it criteria-based and not time-based. So what a lot of guys want to do is they want to launch at Easter. Okay. Which is a terrible time to launch a church. (laughs) It's a great spiritual day, but you've got a month and a half before summer hits. 
and summer's always a downtime in church life it just is yeah it and so you know that that's a factor with easter uh but say you're not ready at easter you know you've committed to a timeline yeah you've publicized that you're going to launch you're letting time dictate your readiness rather than your readiness dictate the time. Right. So, so I would say put some, put, put some steps in place. All right. When we get here, here, we'll go to there and there, and then we'll know that we're ready. So, yeah. you know, it's that, it's that, it's that old milepost in the old uh, church planter training yeah. that we used to do. Milepost. Uh, milepost. Uh, but you got to You got it. You really do need to set those up and say, okay, when we get to this mile marker, that mile marker and set it up that way. And, and listen, I'm not saying take five years to do that, but really six months to a year to get those things done and then see where you are in the, in the, in the rhythm of the year. And if it's may wait till fall, right. You know, that, that's what I'm saying is don't, don't let time be the thing that pushes you. Cause you really can, uh, you really can get sideways on that and do stuff when you're not ready. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you can start a, a weekend service quickly. You can't plan a church quickly. Uh, yeah, you know, whenever, everybody, yeah. One of the big questions we get asked all the time when we have those initial conversations with a guy that senses God's calling to plant a church, he'll ask, you know, how much time do you think it'll take from now till, till we launch? Mm. and 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 i tell guys all the time best case scenario you're at least six months depending on what time kind of core team you've got you know what kind of plan you've already got in place and everything yeah how how much buying they have but typically it's nine months to a year and uh, there's training involved in that there's coaching involved in that there's planning involved in that nobody ever understands how much is involved in starting a church until you get into it yes uh, and realize all the little things that have to happen to to not just plan a service and you guys you know we harp on this all the time you know don't just plan a service you know uh, plan a church that's going to make disciples that make disciples that you know plant other churches to do that, you've got to have systems in place and plans in place, you know, for, for things more than just a weekend service. And, and that just takes time yeah. to get, get those things in place. Yeah, it does. Um, you know, you, you said you never know what's all involved until you step out to plant. Um, that, that, that's a great word. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, another thing that showed up over and over is uh, <clears throat> kind of the either having a, a bigger planting team or using our planting team, core team more effectively, um, you know, worrying more about the relationships than the worship service. Um, you know, th- there nobody can plant a church by themselves. It's just you can't do it. Um, you know, it's a, it's, it takes a team effort and, you know, we're, we're big APEST guys here. And, uh, you know, if, if the church is going to be healthy and functioning in all aspects, all, all gifting that it's supposed to function in, you got to have several people on the team, you know, that have different giftings and wirings to make this thing happen. Yeah. Uh, you've got to have those apostolic run to the margins, 
new new frontiers kind of people. You've got to have the prophetic people that you know are going to care about what God has to say <laughs> about you know what the church is doing, and you need those evangelistic people that are going to share the story of Jesus with everybody they can. You need those teachers that are going to unpack God's word. You need those shepherds that are going to care and protect people. And so there's got to be a place for everybody to play. And the better use, better you leverage the gifts and skills of that team, the more effective the church plant will be. Yeah, man. Uh, several guys commented on that, using their team yes. more effectively. Um, Shared leadership, man. You, you get a guy leading in isolation, uh, you're going to yep. have problems. Yeah. Uh, whether it's a shepherd who's yep. totally inward and just cares about the needs of others, which is totally yep. needed. But if you don't have an apostolic voice in that, moving people out. Yep. And then if you got an apostle leading in isolation who's always wanting to do new things and, and get out there, but you don't have a voice saying, hey, but what about how we're going to sustain that and whatever? Yeah. Uh, you know, that that's the that that's huge. Shared yeah. leadership is just massive. And you know, all our guys want to start with elders. I mean, almost exclusively, <laughs> but very few of them have seen elders function, been a part of a church where elders functioned at all, much less well. Yeah. And, yeah. and none of them have ever have ever led an elder team. Yeah. Um, so there's, man, there's even that, like what's your ecclesiological structure for your shared leadership? Uh, and, and have you fleshed out roles and responsibilities and what that looks like? And, yeah. Most guys don't. And, and man, I, I've seen it work. I, I have not seen it work very well in most of the plants. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them work okay, but, but a, a lot of it, it's just, you don't know, you don't know, you don't know how to do it, you know? So, well, and here's the reality. If you don't clarify roles, responsibilities and expectations early on so that everybody knows what they're getting into, knows what they're supposed to do, then they will impose roles, responsibilities, and expectations on the church plan. Yeah. And oftentimes it will run contrary to the vision and plan that the planner had in mind when they started. Yeah. Um, I, we've seen it over and over and over. I had a, a, one, of the, one of our really successful church planners done very, very well in a lot of different areas. You know, I asked him one day, I said, you know, okay, you're six years in now. You know, what, what is, what have you learned? What, what'd you learn early on that has served you well, you know, now that you're six years, he's like eight or nine years in now. But uh, he said, he said, one of the things you guys told us early on is that you will have to over communicate the vision, clarifying expectations, clarifying direction, where we're going, how we're going to get there. He said, to the point that people start mocking you for it, <laughs> you know. And he said, when the mockery happens, you know it's starting to sink in. Yeah. And he said, I'm telling you, he said, that has saved us so much heartache and trouble when mm. people would come in with trying to impose their expectations on who we were rather than coming on board with, with who we were and where we were going. Mm. And yeah. he said, it protected us from some people that would have derailed mm. us. And it kept us focused on what God had called us to do. And, yeah. uh, and so, but they put well, in the time to clarify yeah. those expectations. Early. Well, and I would say this too, Dave, which may be the other side of this coin. I, I think it goes very, along with what you're saying. 
if the vision for your church plant was crafted by you, the planter in a room with a piece of paper by himself. Yeah. Yeah. You need to start over, you know, like (laughs) craft, if you craft a vision for your church with others from day one, yeah. You know, people participate in what they plan. That's so right. Sunny. Isn't that Sunny Tucker? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, you, you got to give people skin in the game if you want them to have skin in the game. Yep. Yep. If, if you want them to lead and participate and invest, you got to give them a seat at the table and a voice in the process. And so starting, starting, you know, I think a lot of guys, you know, again, they live with it for so long and months and months that when it comes down to it, they just kind of go blah like that. <laughs> yeah. and, the, and the people on their team haven't lived with it like they have yeah. and yeah. haven't processed it like they have and yeah. haven't gone through the same steps that they have of struggle and what are we going to do about this? And these people aren't being reached. So if you don't take the time to really get with other people and let that soak a little bit, uh, that's why I think it hinders a lot of guys too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, those are kind of the big things that the guy said. You know, yeah. slow down, pray more, clarify expectations. Yeah. You know, share leadership, use your team better, and have fun. You know, have fun. This is a great thing that God's called you to. Uh, you know, as a, a you know, can have great impact. You know, for the kingdom and really, you know, add to the, the life of the community and bring transformation there. So have some fun along the way and uh, just just watch what God might might do. So hopefully that's helpful and gets you thinking about some things. And uh, thanks for joining us. And we'll see you next time on The Grind. Keep grinding.